Welcome to the Nation version 2.0. I am Dan, and with me is Rob. Hello, sir. How are you doing tonight, Rob? Not too bad. How about yourself? Uh, pretty good. Kind of a late night recording for us. Yeah, dude, it's freaking late. <laughs> well, it's been it's been a long day, but uh, we're going to go ahead and get this show on the road. Have you been doing anything exciting this week? I don't know. I've been uh, anxiously awaiting uh, a shipment of helicopter parts, which has finally arrived actually today for uh, a friend of mine's Fusion 50. You might know him. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Tell, tell me more. I'm interested. I've always kind of wanted a Fusion 50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everybody knows I tank the shit out of your helicopter. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've uh, got, uh, we finally were able to get a bunch of parts put together. You know, big thanks to everybody that offered to, to help out and support the rebuild, uh, you know we really appreciate the just generosity. You know we, Dan actually is a uh, kind of a trigger finger on the uh, the checkout <laughs> button, I think. So he took care of uh, pretty much all of it. So, but uh, anyway, I got all the parts today, so I'm uh, gonna get in and uh, get a rebuild started here. Now, granted, since I've already built one once, I kind of know what the hell I'm doing already. Uh, so that's nice. So it shouldn't take too long to rebuild that sucker. Yeah, and there's there's a nice uh, there's a nice build series out there on YouTube. You might check out some guy did. Oh, yeah, I heard about might, that one. I might have yeah. to to look and maybe like give me some tips on what the heck I'm yeah. doing. Might be able to help you set up that beast X. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, anything else happen? Uh, you did tell me a little bit about uh, a little Gowie controversy that happened. <laughs> well, I don't know. If, it's not really controversy. It was kind of a close call. I. Uh, I pseudo crashed it, not nearly as bad as bad as I tanked your helicopter, you know. But um, no, yeah, I downloaded the uh, um, Smack Talk RC, uh, the auto rotation episode. You know, they, they uh, uh, Bird and Bobby put together that uh, that show, talk basically just kind of giving uh, everybody pointers and tips and stuff on how to do uh, how to get into doing auto rotations and stuff like that. And you know, I got to tell you, the way they put that stuff together, you know, I. I don't know. I was getting pretty psyched up for um, for giving it a shot, you know. So I, you know, I followed some of the tips that they had. I, I set up, you know, how like the trick where you can set your throttle hold so instead of an idle, you have like a, I don't know, like a medium low spool up rate, you know, just something to keep um, some lift on the on the head, you know, as you come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I set up my pitch curves, you know, kind of like they said to just where I have like negative three. When I'm in hold, that way I can I don't have to mess around with trying to figure out how much negative pitch to give it, and, you know, so it doesn't drop like a rock and stuff. But right. so anything, you know, anyway, you know, I, I was at work. I, I took it out to work the other day, and I went out to go fly on one of my brakes, and that uh, 
know, everything was doing fine. You know, I just started off with some just regular flight, doing some 3D stuff and whatnot, and then go ahead and flip it. And I, I must have got to about probably 100 feet or so and um, flipped her into hold. And, um, yeah, dude, she outed like a champ. I was I was actually kind of impressed with myself. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I got it down. There was, I mean, I was surprised how much um, float time I had at the end of that auto. And, you know, so everything they were talking about, about – how to plan for it. it it totally works even the x5 you know um mm-hmm. but anyway i'm not used to trying to flip in and out of hold and stuff when there's still power and i was in idle too when i went into hold and so i get on the ground and i'm like well i got to get out of hold to stop the blades and i thought i was a normal and i wasn't so i had to stick all the way down flipped it out of hold and and it just pulled straight up in idle too and just you could just, <laughs> just like and just just tore out the torque tube gears for the tail and so anyway, I, you know, I, so I ended up having to sit there at work with five charged batteries and uh, one tiny broken part on it. And, oh boy! Yeah, but I got it home though, and uh, you know, I got it fixed up. So I'm gonna go back at it. Sounds real good. I, um, you know, we've got about four inches of snow in the last few hours here. Yeah, uh, brutal, man. That man, that storm better waste all that energy before it comes to my way, man. I'm hoping that it gathers some more and dumps on you guys, so I'm not feeling all alone. <laughs> but you know, um, flying is just rough in this cold ass weather for me, and um, so I haven't really been doing much flying. But I've got kind of a cool little thing that happened today, actually. Uh, you know, you remember the thread uh, there on Heli Freak about. Uh, the, the cheap 450s, uh, you know, the guy said, I it might be a scam, but I'm going to order one anyway and see what happens. Yeah, the oh, it was it like super ultra cheap 450 clone. Yep. Might be a scam, but I want to try it. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that thread. Well, I, I jumped in on that and ordered three just because, you know, it was through PayPal. I figured I was safe. Yeah, it might that's... take 45 days, but I was going to get my money back, right? Yeah. Well, it took them a few days, and uh, they realized they'd made a mistake. They pulled that page down. Uh, that everybody was going to, and then a few days later, uh, I got a refund, full refund. So today, knowing that I had a package at the post office, I went in, and the post lady says, "Hey, uh, you got three packages here from China," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> you know, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not expecting anything from China." And sure enough, man, I I get these three packages, and as soon as I saw them, I'm like, "No way!" And I took them out to my truck, and I kind of just opened one real fast, and sure enough. Three four fifty kits. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, I brought one home and I opened it up and looked through it and sure enough everything's there, man. Blades, they're woody blades, nothing fancy. It's all cheap stuff, but you know, as we talked about back when we first talked about this, it doesn't matter. You know, for twenty bucks. Yeah, right. It even comes with a lipo. Nice. So I've got three kits now. I'm gonna keep one I know for sure. Well, what I, I did do is I sent them an email to let them know in case they want them back. But I'm not going to pay to have them shipped back, so either they're going to send me money, or which I doubt they're going to do. So anyway, I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up with these three kits. Yeah. And so I'm thinking yeah. I might we might just do another giveaway with those kits. Yeah, that would be away. a good idea for sure. What the hell? Yeah, shit. I mean, they're nothing fancy, but you know, someone out there might be able to use them. So that's what we'll do, man. We'll we'll see. We'll all wait. I'll give them some time to get back to me, 
And, uh, yeah, to kind of give you the official scoop and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just just to make sure. I mean, if they want them back bad enough, I guess they'll send me the money. Uh, if they don't, then they'll just say, eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That That's pretty much uh, the gist of what's been happening this week uh, with this with this cold weather. Haven't even been able to really spend a lot of time out in the trailer. It's just so cold. But, uh, man, I tell you, I am wishing I lived in Florida right now. Dude, I hear you, man. I hear all these people talking about nice weather and this and that. I'm like, oh, man, it's just sucks what kiss my ass kiss yeah, my right. ass right so i guess uh i guess maybe we should go into a little bit of news see what we got going on for some news huh yeah let's do it news of the day. <laughs> <laughs> hey dan can i play with your main shaft so what do we got you got anything for news i really don't have much um I have an announcement, but I'll get to that in a minute here. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, I have some news here. Let me uh, see here. I can do this right now since my computer's not trying to puke all over my face. The folks over at... Uh... Excuse that's me. An in- that's an interesting name for a shop. Yeah. <laughs> Achoo Helis. Achoo. They stay lubed on their own. <laughs> okay. Anyway, no, the guys over uh, at Freeware, uh, the Beast mm-hmm. X folks, have released the latest version of the Beast X microsetting software. Uh, it's microsetting software version 3.0.2. Um, the first version uh, that was available back when we had firmware version 2, it was just kind of, uh, there wasn't really much you could do with it. You know, you could tweak your uh, swashplate phasing a little bit if you're doing like a scale setup, you know. Um, you could also adjust the uh the tail uh, yes you could also adjust the tail pre-comp and stuff like that in that version right um but that was all you could do at the time um but now this newest version actually opens up quite a few more options that are tweakable you can change up uh quite a few of the setup uh the menu uh setup menu settings which you couldn't even touch before and it looks like you can do all the parameter menu settings as well so you can change, uh, you could actually uh, set a user-defined swash plate frequency. You know, if you got a, a servo that's maybe 250 hertz or something like that, you could pick 250 hertz, you know, instead of between 200 or 333, right? Nice, um, yeah. You know, or you could pick any of the presets, but you could, you could just dial in whatever you want. You can uh, set up the, uh, the tail servo center pulse manually as well, so you don't have to pick one of the CAN methods for that. Um, you can also uh, manually adjust the tail servo, or you can adjust the tail servo frequency in there. Another thing that's cool is the swash plate mixer. You can now support mechanical mixing in the swash plate as well. And if I'm not mistaken, the only way to set it as mechanical mixing is in this software. You can't use the buttons and lights on the Beast X to do that, but you can in the software, which is cool. But you got to have version uh, uh, three uh, point, what is it? Three point zero point two firmware now, or three point zero or better uh, firmware on your beast to actually do that. But yeah, the other thing is you can do all the parameter menus that you can do uh, in the field. You can do them right there on your laptop if you wanted, which is man, it's pretty sweet. So it gives people the ability to you know modify their their beast axes graphically if you wanted to instead. You know, I know um, you know a lot of people like being able to do that. You know, with the V bar. Um, and a lot of people have been 
really chomping at the bit to have access to these settings for their uh, for their Beast Texas too. So now mm-hmm. you can. So and it looks like once you have that installed, you'll be able to do updates right on there. As as they add new features and stuff, you can uh, you can just uh, update the software. Those guys over at BeastX are on the ball, aren't they? Yeah, I think so, man. And you know, another I think important thing to note, and you know, I know that it's a pretty galvanizing conversation when people start to get into this debate about what you know which one's better, BeastX or VBar. I mean, let's face it, guys. Fly barless units on the market these days are bar none better than they've ever been. So you really can't go wrong either way for your average to even pro pilot. I mean, we got pro pilots that are winning 3D competitions using the Beast X in, in you know, in Europe. You know, uh, I, what was it, the Paris 3D Cup? John Boisson won that that, uh, uh, that 3D competition first place on a Gawiak 7 with the MicroBeast version 2. So you can't say you can't do it. You know what I mean? You know, having you know a graphic user interface and stuff like that is just one extra thing. And the other cool thing about it is, absolutely every setting that's available is free of charge. You know, the software is free and everything. And Very I got it. Nice. I got to admit, I think I think VBAR is a pretty cool thing. You know, if I had the cash now that I've got all my other helis all squared with my Beast Texas, I might be down to buy a VBAR just to have one to try out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Buy all rights. At this point, you know, I don't really see a need to do it and then buy the extra pro versions or anything like that. But, you know, it, it is what it is. That's how they do it over there. This is how the guys over at Freakware do their thing. But uh, i got to give it to them to be able to give us all of this functionality at this kind of price point and then keep doing updates for free. So I think that's awesome. So, you know, we've been hearing a lot about uh, the Goblin. You know, we're getting close to the date when those pre-orders are supposed to start heading out. Yeah, yeah. We've been seeing quite a few cool videos that you guys look on, uh, like, uh, for example, Burt Cameron's webpage or his uh, Facebook page. Yeah. He's got some nice pictures. And um, you were telling me earlier today, Tariq Alsadi's got one as well? Yeah, there's a new, I mean, we've all seen Tariq Alsadi bang around his goblin out at Alpine Alley Smackdown mm-hmm. um, and whatnot, you know, and it's, I mean, that guy's a freaking robot. We all know that, you know, and. But, you know, there's this other video that I, I came across on RC Heli Resource that's, uh, again, showcasing the Goblin, showcasing Tariq Al-Sadi's talent. But this one is more along the lines of a trailer for the helicopter itself, uh, which, you know, I think I think it's pretty cool. I'm a, And I had talked about this in another one of our shows about, you know, once you've seen a helicopter do some Smack 3D, you've kind of seen it all. You know what I mean? It just mm. all kind of starts to look the same. But today, and more and more lately, I'm seeing videos that are coming out that have really, you know, some form of real production value. And so it makes it entertaining to watch it, you know. And this is one yeah. of those, you know, we can put a link in the show notes to this particular video. And, and you yeah. know, I, I watched it, and it's really cool. What do you think about the Goblin? I mean, do you think it's going to be a, just a boutique, Kelly? Or do you think this is something that's going to really kind of make its mark? Here, here's what I think, and I talked. We talked about this. I think one of the biggest things that this this helicopter has for it is the fact that there's there's real promotion value going on in the background for this thing. Really, yes, any product is. that's out there in the market, whether it's helicopters or any other brand, is not going to really go anywhere unless you promote it, unless you put it in front of people, you make them look at it, you make them talk about it, you make them feel like they got to have it. Right? I think there's enough of that right now where there's going to be enough people. I mean, I already know there's a ton of people that have this thing pre-ordered. I can't, frankly, I can't say the same thing for what happened with the Shape 9. You know, Mm -hmm. it came out, it was very elegant, 
But that for sure ended up turning into, I think, a more of a boutique helicopter. It's more of a buy it just to say you have one or whatever. But the Goblin, I think, could be a real a real contender. I think the real thing about that helicopter, though, is going to be when people start tanking this thing, and then have to take face the real the real prospect of actually having to buy spare parts for the thing. You know, if I crash my helicopter and I chip my canopy, I'm okay with that. But this thing has a canopy and I guess uh, like a tail canopy. I guess you could call it like a tanopy <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> the, the acid <laughs> or something. But the point is, you know, that's you're gonna have to spend you're gonna have to spend to buy that thing too if you want it to look like it's supposed to look. You know? Right. Um so I think there's some things like that that people are gonna need to get used to, but I think, Dan, you know, I think it's going to be something that it would have a more realistic chance of you seeing on the flight lines at Fun Flies here and there. Yeah. Nowhere, I don't think anywhere near like what you see, like a line helicopters or even, you know, a lot of people, you get these pockets of people that fly compasses and most of the flight line has compass atoms, HV, 6HV, 7HV, stuff like that. Right. But it might get there, you know. Yeah, I think we're going to have to hide and see. You know, I've... You can play hide yeah. and seek with the... But if it's a goblin, so if you need to hide from it, if you're scared the darkness. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, as I was saying before I was rudely interrupted, I, I used to be pretty uh, good about jumping on the, uh, the the hotness, the newness of these helicopters. Kasama, Bergen, you know, not that Bergen was new, but, you know, it was kind of the hotness there for a while, and everybody kind of wanted one. So, yeah, I'm not real keen on doing that anymore. So I'm going to kind of wait and see what people are saying and thinking about it before I even consider it. But uh, one more bit of news. Every time you turn around, it seems like every week we could probably hold another little talk about a new fly barless unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of want to talk a little bit, uh, and really nobody knows much about this unit. It's called the E-Bar unit from KDS. Ah, yes. Yeah. Are you familiar with this at all? Have you seen it or any? I've, I've yeah, seen pictures I've of it. I've heard about it, but I mean, I, I haven't seen a ton, I guess, yet. You know, it's just another example. And I guess this unit's going to be somewhere around $120, $129. Oh, so, that's not too bad, for sure. I guess it's just a testament to the staying power of Flybarless. Of course, that's nothing new, and we all realize that. But at the same time, it's getting to the point where Flybarless is just a regular item that everybody is going to have on their helicopters. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. I mentioned an announcement, but I think I'm going to wait until after this interview that we're about to play to kind of tell you guys about it. Uh, Rob, you might remember we had Little Hammer 05 on from Helifreak. Yep, I remember that. I I tried to get Little Hammer and this uh, another Helifreak user, uh, Tam underscore T, or Tammy. Uh, it just never, li- never worked out, never lined up. For whatever reason, we just couldn't connect. Yeah. We were able to get, finally, that interview. Uh, let me first just say, I don't normally like to draw attention to this kind of stuff, but just the audio quality is just not that good. So just bear with us on that. You know, we were trying some uh, new equipment out, and it just didn't quite uh, cut it. But it's yeah, still a good epic, interview. Yeah, on the headset, Mike. Sorry, man. <laughs> well, it actually kind of went all the way around. You'll hear the difference in my voice. You'll hear everything. So, But anyway, it's um, it's a good interview. It's kind of a long one. Um, you know, we just kind of chatted Tammy up, uh, got her opinion on a few things. And um, I want you guys to pay attention to this interview because when this interview is over, I've got an announcement that has something to do with this interview. Without further ado, here we go. Do the banter. <laughs> 
to Rob and Cal News. Remember a few weeks ago, well, I guess it's been a few episodes ago, we had on Little Hammer 05 from uh, Hilly Free Forum. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I talked about another potential guest that we'd like to get on, and I actually talked with her a while back, and it's been a few weeks and, you know, trying to get everything lined up, and it finally happened. But I got Tam underscore T is her username, Tammy. So we got her to join us. Hey, Tammy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Hey, all right. So you listened to the Little Hammer interview, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I didn't realize that that was an accent, so her and Rob kind of... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. It's real. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was a regional thing, I guess. I guess I realized it was kind of an accent, but I didn't understand where it came from, so kind of helped yeah. there listen to those two. It's from... <laughs> From those guys that live about that area up there. <laughs> it's the smell of maple syrup that wafts down from up north, and it just messes with our accents. So. <laughs> and the brain a little, maybe. Yeah, it's all that cold air. <laughs> it, it freezes all the uh, interactions, the chemical interactions across the synaptic cleft. Slow, slows uh, learning the process and memory down. <laughs> all right, Dan Nye, the science guy. <laughs> so anyway, um, so, you know, we, we had her on and, you know, we had a great time talking with her. So we thought it'd be nice to get some more female pilots. But uh, why don't you start off? Uh, I've seen you fly. I've seen videos of you flying. Oh, the yeah, short, bad videos. <laughs> Hopefully I'll have something better up, you know, a little, grab some more attention than uh, that. Yeah. But, uh, oh, well, so, I mean, if you can fly better than the 45-degree hover that Dan's on, you're good. <laughs> oh, at least, at least my helicopters are in the air and not hitting wires. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'd like to see that video. Yeah, too bad we didn't get a video of that. I don't know if you, you're familiar, Tammy, but uh, Rob recently... Uh, decided to see how well a, a Fusion 50 would stand up against a huge guide wire that holds a tower up in the air. Is that the parts list you guys were talking about? Yeah, yeah. that's the parts uh, list. Uh, it's all coming together now. Yeah. The wire the wire one. It did. <laughs> it, that wire almost cut that helicopter in half. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, anyway, what, uh, what helicopters are you flying these days, Tammy? Oh, well... You know, I think I started like most people, just coaxial. But uh, right now I fly, most of the time, I either fly my MCPX or uh, my Mini Titan. Um, and then I have a 550, and I haven't been doing a lot with that because uh, I was explaining it earlier to Robin Callum that uh, it's just a lot of money in the air. So mm -hmm. until I get more comfortable. So uh, the MCPX, I'll do just about anything because... I, you can you just can't you can't wreck it i mean i've broken a, a tail boom but you just get a piece of carbon fiber rod and you know stick that back on that thing takes a beating so i'll pretty much you know i'll take that i fly that inverted and then my mini titan um i'll do flips on that and fly around you know just like some scale type flying and um still trying to really get uh nose in on that one so, it, you know, the 550, it's funny because I can bring that up in the air and practically, you know, it's uh, fly barless. It's got the micro beast. I can pretty much be hands off on that and it'll sit there and float. But, you know, just that fear factor of of the money in the air and how big it is kind of keeps me from doing much with that. So, uh, you know, I'd say I fly my MCPX and Mini Titan the most and I pretty much try stuff on the 
on the MCPX. And then if I'm out with the guys and they're like really jazzing me to do something, you know, I kind of, the first time I did a flip, I kind of put my, my foot in my mouth. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do a flip. I'm going to flip it right in your face. And, you know, we're all talking shit. So I had to do it. So I went out there and I think my first flip I did, I, I overdid it, started coming back towards me and I'm like, oh, here's a bad wreck. I don't know how, just simulator practice. I, I was able to pull it off without wrecking, and it was very, very ugly, but um, gotten a little bit better at that. The simulator is really good for that kind of stuff. I've had that happen several times where it just goes all pear-shaped, and the next thing you know, somehow you pull it out. But you, you know. uh, yeah, I don't even know what I did. I just said, hoots, and it's still in the air, yes! <laughs> <laughs> then you land and scrape your leg, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that MCPX, I've got one. Callum, yeah. I don't think has one, and Rob doesn't have one. I'm out of the loop. Uh, I don't have one yet, but I'm waiting for Horizon to release a version too. Uh-huh. Sure. The only thing I've really done to that is, you know, did that extend the... T- well, I actually bought um, a different tail boom with the motor, the one from Wild Hobbies, and mm-hmm. uh, just stock. I mean, all I could... It held the tail so much better when trying to, you know, fly inverted and stuff. And I was really happy with that because I was blowing it out a lot because uh, I guess I'm not, you know, very good at keeping my collective under control. But uh, I went ahead and I broke that. So I, I just basically cut that boom off, redrilled the hole. And and those don't aren't really extended. It has the bigger motor, but they're not extended. So I put a new boom on that and... I just did that this weekend, so we'll see how that goes. I haven't flown it yet. That that version two, Callum, you're talking about. That's the one with the new tail, right? Well, nah, they've not said anything at all. But no, they have released a, 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 a redesign. Well, a slightly bigger, I assume, tail um, tail blade. But so now I'm hoping they bring. I'm sure they will bring a V2 out that has like a brushless motor. Um, yeah. And and they have uh, info on that anywhere. No, no info, but I, I'm pretty sure they will because you know everyone's a lot of there's a big you know a lot of people are modding their MCPXs and I mean Horizon kind of always listens to what people want and not only that but to compete with uh, Wall Carrier's genius. Yeah, has anyone had one of those? No, but I've seen videos and uh, I must admit um, they have done a better job than uh, um, than Horizon. I think you know that has power and. I've not seen much tail blowouts on that. Well, you know, we're ta- you guys were just talking about the uh, uh, that genius, that Walker genius. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, you know, and I don't know if a lot of people have spent a lot of time with those, but for me, the Walker uh, 4-3 was my very first helicopter three years ago, and I've paid close attention to Walker ever since. And by all rights, they were the first one in the micro CP game, and they've been at it the longest. So go figure, they've re- refined it, and they've got a helicopter that, by all rights, I think, for the same size, does a better job. Now the MCPX yeah. is more, the brand is more popular, and they have they have enough marketing power to sell. You know what I mean? And get a lot of people aware of it, and just people are just more apt to trust that brand than Wakara, because frankly, Wakara was pretty much crap three four years ago you know what i mean <laughs> but, yeah but i tell you what they've done a, a great job they've been through ever since they put out the uh four 
what was it, the 4G6, they've probably, Walker has probably had like eight or ten iterations of that. So they've, yeah, they I think they've done a great job with that. If they would swap the damn mode and throttle hold switch, I would feel a lot better. I, I have one Walkera, and I don't know. I I crashed it once and almost crashed it. I don't know how many times by hitting the wrong button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. idle up, you know. No. Yeah, I've been there too. Gosh, I remember that. I think the first micro-sized CP that they put out was called the Walkera 52. And it's about half the size of, like, a CP2 or something like that. About the same size as a T-Rex 250. And I tell you what, man, that thing, I mean, talk about sucky tail. I mean, I, I had one of those things. And, again, you know, with the radio, with the way the switches are on the wrong side and all of this stuff, yeah. I was able to get it in the air. But I tell you what, man, collective management back when I was early on in the game, I had none of it. <laughs> and I could not flip it to save my life. I'd flip it over, and I, you know, I'd easily spin it out 360, and then just dump it. And, but that was, again, that was like four years ago, you know. So it reminds me because when I first started getting into the hobby, and I was, I had my eye on the Walkera 22. Oh yeah, it? that thing, yeah. Yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna get one, and then I thought, well, no, I'll just get a belt CP instead. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I must admit that the Bell CP was the better choice out of the two. Um, obviously, brushless motor, belt driven. So Tammy, you uh, you fly at a local club at home? Uh, no, actually, uh, I fly a couple of places. Uh, lately, I've been flying a lot just at work. There's a big old area that was basically set up for another building, and there's nothing there. So it's a really good place to fly and get you know to work an hour early and fly there um if i do go fly uh with the other group i fly with uh you guys might know them uh the campos brothers manny and jose there's oh yeah a group, yeah so there's a group of those guys that fly in vista which is about oh maybe 20 miles from me and i'll drive over there and um you know we just fly in this uh basically this open field uh, so there's there's a lot of good people there, a lot of good help, and a lot of razzing going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? Uh, obviously, uh, you know, you mentioned you did some work on your on your MCPX. I'm guessing that uh, as far as tooling around and, and tinkering on your helicopters, that's that's a big part of the hobby for you. You enjoy that as well. Yeah, you know, I haven't built one from scratch yet because I bought the Mini Titan already built. I bought the 550 already built, and then uh, I just purchased an Atom 500 fly barless. Um, I saw one of the guys uh, came from Phoenix, uh, Skunk Works, I think, on HelloFreak, mm-hmm. and uh, he was flying out with us in Vista, and uh, I, I think one of his links came off, and that thing just smashed in the ground. He picked it up. All he had to do, like some landing gear, uh, got a little dent in the boom um i think some blades and tracked it and he was back in the air he didn't have to do you know main shaft feathering shaft nothing that thing's beefy that main shaft's big so uh i was like hmm i kind of need if i get something in between i get something that's a little more stable but the you know price of parts is still less than the 550 and you know i need to add to my collection right so and uh, get another fly barless of course so i went and I, i purchased that and i got it and 
I kind of went through the whole setup. Kind of, ha- I went through, the guy had already, you know, it was already built. So I'm like, well, there's some things I shouldn't have to do, like the frequency of the servos and blah, blah, blah. So I went through uh, going through the beast X and the settings and everything, and I took it out and started to lift it off and just flipped over to the left. So it just broke a few pieces, and so I changed those out. I think a, a tail blade grip and uh, a couple other little things. And uh, so I called one of my other buddies, and I said, hey, you know, I, I put this back together, but I'd really like you to go through, you know, a fly bar list set up with me and make sure I have everything right. So we kind of went through everything. Um, I did have one thing wrong, which was kind of major. I had the, the tail um moving the wrong way basically when you move the tail out i just kind of went through it i guess too fast um he's like yeah you should be good you know he just checked everything and went to fly uh-huh. same thing boom over to the left just like it just like started to do a vibration and then just boom over to the left that and sucks so, when that happens yeah and so you know we were reading about it and uh, a lot of people were saying that use this 3m tape instead of what comes with the beast x and uh, you know, some people were talking about, you know, the static with the belt. And um, so, you know, I had to change. Let's see. On that one, the whole boom was basically sliced in half. And uh, I got, stripped some gears in one of the servos and um, some, a couple servo ho- horns broke. And uh, so basically got some heavy-duty du- servo horns and replaced all the parts and, and did all the mechanical stuff. And then uh, I handed it to him and said, you know, I went through everything again. I go, but can you check it out for me? So he went ahead and checked it out for me. He's like, I don't really see anything wrong. It's like, so he changed, he, he, since he already had it, he went ahead and grounded, uh, you know, the ground of the boom to the motor mount. And um, he put some different tape on, a couple pads of 3M tape, you know, he went ahead and test flew it for me, called me this week, and says, yeah, I finished it. Do you mind if I, you want to wait and test fly it, or you want me to? I'm like, you're a better flyer. Go for it. So he called me up, said it was fine, and so we're not really sure exactly what it was. Um, it was I don't know if it was that tape, you know. I, I just don't know. I know that uh, he had to move the links into the innermost hole on the the, the servo arms, to really get that, you know how you have to get six degrees mm-hmm. and lock yeah. that in? Uh, it's kind of weird on that heli that you ha- you know, the arms are not at 90 at all. But for it to lock in with the fly barless, you know, we had to go with that inner hole and then it, then it flew fine. So so I'm going to try and tear that thing up. So that was my, that's been my project lately is just uh, putting that together after my wrecks. It's amazing, you know, how much damage you can do when it hasn't even gotten in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's been fun. Yeah, I like doing that. I, you know, like with the MCPX, when I put the other uh, tail on, I had to take, you know, basically desolder the little plug for mm-hmm. the tail motor. That thing's like a piece of hair, that wire. Oh, yeah, those things are so delicate. Yeah. I mean, I'm old. It's hard to see that thing, you know. I mean, so I have my little soldering iron on there, and and what would happen is it would stick. But, I mean, well, it would. I would have it there melted, but, you know, one shake of the hand, and it's not touching anymore. So it's definitely working on those little things is definitely a challenge. 
Yeah, they're so tinkery. Yeah, I remember working on the little four or three, man. It just, I'd get like a eye headache, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes I don't know if this happens to any of you guys, but like if I'm trying to do some sort of close quarters precision work with my hand and I'm, hold, I'm pinching something, holding it, and I'm trying to get like within like millimeters in one little area, after a while my damn hand starts to shake and I'm like, I can't do this. I got to like stop and shake my hands out. And it, was, it started to get to be just too much work and, I used to, I really liked the small helicopters, but people kept saying, "Man, wait till you get a big one. You're gonna end up shelving those little ones." And that's for me, it's true. You know, my little helicopters just kind of sit there and pout at me on the wall while I fly the big ones. You know, but. so Tammy, do you think you know you've been to a few fun flies, right? You you, you hang yeah. out. Uh-huh. Do you think when you head to these fun flies, do you think there are any common misconceptions that people have when they see female pilots? It means that there's not a whole lot of you guys out there. Um, it, you know, it just kind of varies from, you know, the type of person that's out there, but it was really funny, um, little story is out at, um, the Palomar airfield and it wasn't for the Hello Freak fun fly. It was for a fun fly before that, like a San Diego fun fly. And, uh, I was out there and met up with the guys and take my chair out sitting there and, and, uh, there's another guy there. And he has just happens to have the same type of little camping chair I do. And they're like the American flag. So we totally match. Don't even think about anything. And there's this guy going around, and he's giving out these coupons, you know. Hey, you know, go to our site, and you can get parts. And he hands them to everyone but me. And, I, and I'm like, oh, what am I? I don't get anything? And he's like, well, are you going to use it? I'm like, well, I fly. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And... And, you know, and then I later, it's like, oh, he thought we were together. We had the same chairs. <laughs> so I think he thought I was just the girlfriend, you know, standing uh-huh. back. But, yeah, I think that <laughs> they, I think it, it's definitely different. So if, if they see women there, if they don't see them flying, I think that they just assume that you're there with somebody else, which I think is, you know, in all honesty, is probably true most of the time. So, you know, I, I think that. You know, I'd like to try to get a lot better um, and really go out to one of those and fly. Like Courtney, I saw her videos, and it's too bad she oh. couldn't join us tonight because yeah. I think that once they see someone fly like that, you know, it's it's even more impressive, right? So Absolutely. I think that that's really cool. I was yeah. really kind of looking forward to having both of you guys on because I actually had some, you know, for those, a lot of people, she, Courtney, she flies at the same field that Bird Camera flies at, and... uh I wanted to try to get some inside scoop, like, you know, does, does Bird Camera ever wear the same shirt two days in a row to the field? <laughs> does his breast stink? You know, those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, no, it's a lot of fun. You know, up here, uh, we don't have a lot of fun flies. And I went to the uh, Heli Pro's fun fly, one female pilot that was married to another guy, and they were both flying. And just this little girl flying this big old 700 Nitro and flying it pretty well. It was kind yeah. of nice to watch. And I yeah. think that's probably more common, you know, um, wives getting into the hobby because they've been exposed or girlfriends like Little Hammer 05. Um, I don't have that, but I've just kind of been interested in 
in RC for a long time. I've had the cars and yeah. had some of the planes and but helicopters. I think what draws everyone to it really is it's just such a, a, a challenge. Just not even just flying, but building the mechanics of it all, understanding your radio. There's just so much. I just can't even imagine ever knowing everything about it. So that's that's what I like about it. So how did you, you know, how did it? happened i mean how did you just one day wake up and say you know i think i'm gonna go get an rc helicopter well like i said i had the planes and um i don't know i just got this hair up my ass that i needed to try a helicopter because i don't need all that room for flying a plane like i with the plane i'd have to go out and find somewhere mm -hmm. with some airspace I'm like i could get a little helicopter i can fly that you know out in my yard or in the house or whatever so um i decided that's that was going to be my birthday present. So um, that's just kind of how it started. And then it was just coincidence that um, I met uh, a guy over flying by my work that was, you know, flying this. I just was amazed at what he could do with, with this helicopter. And uh, so after seeing that and, you know, I've, I, I saw him quite a few times out there and I'd go and talk to him every time. And um, I think that he just thought I was, you know, bullshitting Oh, yeah, I love your helicopter. Yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> so I just started talking to him, and he kind of introduced, told me, hey, if, if, you know, you really want to fly, uh, we have this group of guys I fly with. And I showed up out there without any helicopter. Um, oh, you know what? The first CP helicopter I bought was the Honeybee. The uh, Honeybee. <laughs> oh, God. I knew nothing about the hobby, right? And I'm like, oh, this isn't real expensive. And the only time I really got that in the air i was camping i went into this empty lot and i brought it up and i didn't know what to do after that and i'm like turning around in circles trying to chase it and finally i just smashed into a tree oh no so yeah so he introduced me to that group and i just you know it was kind of it, it was challenging and just a lot of fun i just really enjoy it so even you know, if like it's rain or you can't fly there's always something else you can do to your helicopter usually so yeah especially up here you know that's and that's kind of what we deal with with the winter time but i'm lucky gotta... here in socal but yeah 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 <laughs> you, you guys in your warmer climates i swear to it God. did rain on saturday let me tell you oh <laughs> uh -huh. it's snowing here right now oh, oh fun <laughs> that actually reminds me of a little story uh that I'll tell you guys. Just I don't think I've ever told this story before. It's the story of my first ever flight ever, and uh, didn't have anybody around me. Didn't know anything about it. I had an Axe 400, training gear on it and everything. Uh, did I had been flying a sim for a little bit, so I kind of had a little bit of an idea what to expect. Got it up into a hover, and I was doing pretty good. Four or five seconds into the hover, started drifting towards me, and I'm sitting on the back of my SUV with the gate open. And it starts to come to me and or coming at me, and I start to panic. I just gave it full collective. That thing went right past my head and hit the corner of the of the SUV gate. Oh man! <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? So that oh. that helicopter has had about seven seconds of flight. I still have it. I've never bothered to repair it since then. That's brutal, dude. Yeah, it happens. Have you ever had any close calls, Tammy, with your helicopters? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the, the best thing, I didn't have a sim for a while, and uh, I still don't do a lot of 
time on the sim. That's why I like the MCPX, because that's kind of become more my simulator. But um, the one thing that I've noticed is it's really helped me to not overreact and just kind of like actually think it out. You don't you don't just come reactive and well you do. I mean your thumbs know where to move, but it's more of you know you don't panic as much yeah. if you use yeah. the sim. But uh, yeah, I was out and. You know, it was a bad day. Of, you know how you have those days you go out and you're just not feeling, really feeling it? And I was out flying with the guys, and I might have been a little hungover, but I still going to fly. So I went out and was flying the Mini Titan, and it was kind of all over the place, you know. I was like, I didn't mean to be drifting right and left. I was just starting out. and uh, So I flew one battery, and I'm like, God, that just really sucked, you know, and. And I go back out and start flying another one. And next thing I know, the helicopter is to the left and behind me. And I don't know in any orientation at that point. And, you know, I was so new. I, I, I didn't hit throttle hold until it was too late. And, you know, it wasn't really that high off the ground or anything. It, didn't, it was just like a feathering shaft, the main shaft, landing gear. I think that's all I broke. But um, it, I had only, it was maybe my third or fourth time flying it and you know i was just (laughs) like yeah maybe if you don't feel it next time or maybe if you don't you know go out with your friends and have too many beers um you might not run into that situation but i actually feel like some i'm i should be pushing myself more and so i have at least gotten to the point where i'm flying a lot higher so at least if i screw up i'm giving myself you know a couple chances to save it and then if i can't eh, now i you know i got the atom so i have another helicopter to fly so mm-hmm. i just I, I think the only way to move to to really advance is i need to push myself a little bit more i don't need to be crazy about it but really that with with the bigger helicopters that's been my only crash so that means i'm not pushing it enough yeah, well, you know, I can like the idea of heading out to the field and just flying, uh, you know, doing doing what's comfortable, and then one or two flights, just kind of pushing yourself a little bit. Because I find if I try to push myself too much, it just rattles me. It, you know what I mean? It. Yeah. It kind of. I think that. I think that's why I like the MCPX is because I, I, I can do whatever I want, and I know that if I crash it, I just basically pick it up and push the gear up and pretty mm-hmm. much ready to go so it's, it's not stressful yeah so i mean i remember lifting off that 550 the first time and you know my buddy sat there and watched me and literally my hands were shaking it's <laughs> like this is stupid it's just <laughs> it's, you know it's just a helicopter and i'm just yeah. shaking i just can't help it you know and what do you do dude so. i tell you what one thing that helped me i think the biggest with progressing and being not so nervous about trying something new and kind of pushing myself and stuff was at one point I just said, you know what? I'm just for now on, I'm just not going to think so much about how much this a crash may cost. I just resigned myself to the fact that eventually this thing's going to tank, you know, everybody crashes Mm -hmm. and I can either crash because I'm nervous and I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing and I'm all stiff or I can crash because I was trying that, stationary flip at eye level 
because I'm trying to learn how to do it or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at least I could feel better about the crash because I was trying something new. And as soon as I stopped forget, just stop thinking about what my wallet's going to say to me when I'm done. I tell you what, I started progressing so much faster um, yeah. than I ever had before that. You know, it's just it helped a lot. You know, and for me, the viewpoint is a little bit different. And um, the the cost of crashing never really concerned me a whole lot. What concerned me more than anything, and probably took me the longest to get over, is my situation. That is that, you know, I'm flying from a chair, right? Mm-hmm. My biggest fear was that I wasn't going to be able to get out of the way if something were to go wrong. Yeah. And so, when I'm when I was this this summer, I I I really can honestly say that I feel like I've gotten over it. But the summer before that, and the summer before that it really slowed me down because literally I, I, I didn't care if the helicopter went in, but lit, I mean, I literally, some guys would say, well, what do you, you know, some guys at the field, my local field be like, God, what are you going to do if that thing comes after you? And it's like, every time I was up in the air, I was like, huh. what am I going to do? Oh, yeah, right. after me. That was get- nice of them. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get a hockey mask on and some pads. <laughs> Fly behind that. I just I just kind of got to the point where actually what I've done what I did do this summer is I trained myself to fly way far out. I mean way past beyond the the runway and everything way out there. And that helped that helped me quite a bit um, being able to be comfortable with the helicopter a good sixty yards out there way out there away from me. So if it did need to go to the ground, it was going to go to the ground long before it got to me. Yeah, I think part of of my thought is that. This thing's flying perfect. Now, when I smash into the ground and I fix it, am I ever going to be able to get it to fly perfect again? Yeah, hit that sweet spot again. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like, oh, it's just flying so great, and I'm just going to smash it. I mean, it's a a reasonable fear to have. Yeah. Because it's not not a cheap hobby, especially if you're crashing a lot. (laughs) So, you guys were talking about the, uh, like, your first time flying, like, you've Dan, you talked about your first flight, and Tammy, you with that honeybee and stuff like that. I don't know if you remember, Dan, but I think it was the first episode we did. We kind of when we were doing our first introductions, I had talked about I had a hairy a story about my first flight, and that I'd share it some other time. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to share the story. Oh, oh, All right. Okay, okay. So here's the deal. I. Uh, I saved up some cash, and there was a, and this was a long time ago. This must have been like, oh god, I think uh, probably like 1996 or 1997 or something like that. And um, I, I was aware of the hobby and stuff like that. And um, I found out that there was a hobby shop here in town that did mostly RC cars and stuff. But he had some airplanes in there, and I'd like to go in there and check out stuff. And on the shelf. There was a Kyosho Concept 30 there, right? And I found out it was the owner's helicopter, and so it was used, and he had it on sale for a pretty good deal. Uh, I think it was like 400 bucks for the helicopter and a whole boatload of spares and stuff like that, right? And he, uh, I got to talking to him and stuff like that, and he threw in a, a gallon of fuel and stuff like that and starter and stuff so that I had everything I needed to start up, right? And um, So I had this cash, and so I'm like, all right, all right, cool, I'll get this, and this is before I had any idea that something like Heli Freak existed or even RC Heli Magazine or any sort of 
resource that I could have for learning what the hell I'm doing. You know what I mean? So, and I live at my parents' house still, and so I spent, oh gosh, probably a year just staring at the helicopter. You know, um, tinkering with it, playing around with the servos, making the blades move, and um, I, you know, I started it up in my parents' basement once. You know, and that was a mistake as a nitro, you know, helicopter. <laughs> of course, my my mom is downstairs in a heartbeat, like, "What the hell are you doing in here?" You know, it sounds like a weed whacker. Um, but anyway, I had the training gear, and so finally, after almost a year, I got up the guts to actually try and fly this thing, right? Um, so I get outside, I'm skating it around on the driveway, and that's kind of working out okay, some heavy landings and stuff like that. And um, So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm doing this, but uh, I want to get this up a little bit higher in the air and stuff like that. So uh, let's get out a little farther out and see if I can get this thing going to hover. And um, As I'm doing that, I'm down on, on, on the ground. I'm kind of looking at some things, and I notice that the uh, – the link from the servo to the the throttle barrel had a crack in it, right? Came off the ball pretty easy, and so I'm like, you know what? I think I think this will be okay because I'm just gonna hover for a little bit or whatever. And so I didn't do anything about it. And so I got this cracked link on the throttle. Um, so I get this thing out, I get it up into a hover, and by a miracle, I'm actually hovering this thing right in front of me, pretty squirrely, you know. I'm Still not used to the way, you know, what happens when I move the sticks around and stuff like that. And out of nowhere, the engine goes, just wide open, right? And I'm like, holy shit, what am I going to do here? And that link had popped off the throttle and went wide open, right? (laughs) At this point, I don't know anything about, like, doing, like, throttle hold or, like, a throttle kill or anything like that or turning my throttle trim down or anything like that to turn off the engine. And I'm in panic mode. So it's me and my brother and my brother's friend standing out in the street in our cul-de-sac, and this thing is wide open, and it's starting to rotate, and now it's doing some crazy stuff, Tammy, like you were talking about your helicopter was doing, right? Yeah. Like, just please stop, you know, and this thing starts cruising, like, I don't know, it must have been like 15, 20 miles an hour up and down the (laughs) cul-de-sac. And, I, and I'm just trying to crash it into a tree or something like this. <laughs> Somehow, I'm doing these really awesome high-speed bank turns, like, feet away from the tree line, like a military helicopter, banking around and coming back at me. And this thing is zooming past us, like, buzzing us at, like, six feet in the air. And so it's coming at me. We're ducking. It's going past me. We're doing another bank turn. It's coming back. And, man, the whole cul-de-sac was full of nitro fumes and the smell of adrenaline, right? (laughs) And this went on for probably like two or three minutes, right? And we all got this look on our face. We're freaking out. I'm shaking, holding the controller. And I know I can't just set the thing down. This thing crashes into somebody's house or something, right? So after a while, this thing starts to gain altitude, right? And by all rights, I'm probably pegging the stick at full throttle and I not even notice it, right? So I got, like, full pitch. and So it's climbing into the air, slowly rotating, and I'm like, well, come back. Come back down, you know? And uh, <laughs> the last time I saw the helicopter, <laughs> this is the 30-size helicopter, right? It was... Like I got my thumb in the air. It was smaller than my thumbnail. I mean, it didn't look like a mosquito or something. Couldn't even hear the engine anymore. So my my brother's friend gets on his bike, and here's me with this 72 megahertz transmitter with this, like, 
eight foot long freaking antenna like I carrying a fishing rod or something. <laughs> and us three are running down the street, staring into the sky, chasing this tiny speck in the air, and running through the woods. And I'm, we must have ran for like a quarter mile, and I, we'd stop every now and then and listen, and barely hear this. <laughs> we're still going the right way. And we, we did that for probably another five minutes, and we're like, you know what? It's no use, you know, and this thing had a full tank of gas on it. So we probably had, you know, what, seven, eight minutes total worth of flight time on this thing. And so the thing just kept flying southward with the wind, spinning around in the air. It was, God, it was probably, I don't know, it probably climbed to like 800 feet, 1,000 feet because it just kept going up and up, right? And I'm sure this thing just flew off into God knows where and then finally died in the air and just fell to its demise in some dude's farm field somewhere. I don't, <laughs> never found the thing. I'm sure some kid was out there playing around in his yard or whatever and came across this mangled mess of, you know, blades and parts and metal and a motor and not knowing what the hell he found. He probably took it home. And he's like, look, Dad, look what I found. And he's like, what the hell is this? And so – that was my very first flight, and it was my last flight until 2008. <laughs> and then I <laughs> stepped back into the helicopter hobby, and go figure with the Wakara 4-3, the ultimately opposite direction you could start with. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to lose this thing in the air, you know. But um, <laughs> Luckily, nobody got hurt, um, but it was quite a harrowing experience. And I got to say, to this day, I never take for granted the idea of a free pre-flight check because that one link – if I had just stopped what I was doing, went into my parts bag and grabbed another link, that would have never happened. I might have crashed right in front of me or something, but it would have been from some stupid part failure. You know what I mean? But uh, so yeah, it's pretty pretty wicked story, I guess. But <laughs> that is every time now though. Yeah, I'll check every time. Yeah, that's a good story, Callum. Can you top that, or does does Rob win? Uh, I can't really. Top it. Uh, <laughs> my first flight actually went all right. I, I actually, because I did a lot of simulator time, so yeah, it was kind of natural for me to just take it out and fly. You got any uh, any fun flies you're planning on attending this the end of this year or first of next year? I haven't looked to see what's coming up lately in the area. I think the next biggest one that, of course, most of us would know about other than local events would probably be Las Vegas in March. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be a good one. That's that's a. Not I'm actually thinking about. I'm thinking about going to that one because I can get thirty nine dollar tickets to Las Vegas from here. No way, man! Nice. Yeah, thirty nine dollar air, airline tickets. Dude, I should yeah, see how much I can get tickets for. When is that? It's in March. I'm not sure of the exact dates, but. Really, dude. If I can get cheap tickets, I'll come there. I'll meet you there. We'll get a hotel. Anyway, Tammy, it's been a it's been a pleasure having you on. I mean, uh, it's nice joke. to come. You said we were going to do jokes. I have a joke. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Tell us your joke. I got a joke for you, too, actually. But okay. Would... Um, why did the redneck cross the road? Huh. Why? Because his penis was still stuck in the chicken. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's All right. Funny. I got a boob jo- I got a boob joke for you. Like boobs. Oh, yeah. There's this old couple. Oh, they're sitting there. Just kind of watching TV one night. And uh, the old lady looks over to her husband and says, You know, John, I just, uh, I would feel so much better about myself if I got a boob job. And he looked at her and said, What are you talking about? You know, you're you're 65 years old. What do you need a boob job for? She says, I, 
it's just a self-esteem issue. I just think I'd feel a lot better about myself. And he kind of paused and he said, I tell you what, why don't you go into the bathroom, grab a hunk of toilet paper and just rub that toilet paper between your boobs. She looks at him and she says, what in the hell are you talking about? What, what's that going to do? He says, well, I don't know how it works, but look at your ass. <laughs> that's funny oh, that's pretty good I like it <laughs> very good bravo alrighty well it was nice nice talking with you nice talking to you nice meeting you Rob and Callum oh yes nice meeting you too well, uh... hi everyone this is Bobby Watts with BobbyWatts.com you're listening to RC Helly Nation. So anyway, Rob, that was Tammy. What do you think? She sounds sexy. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. If, I, if I could do it, I would. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> so anyway. Close enough. <laughs> close enough. You get the point. No, it was nice to have her on. You know, she's kind of a no-nonsense person. She, um, I was actually, and she actually commented on it. When I talked to her in the past, she was uh, a little more, hmm, aggressive is that the right word i don't know if that's the right word but you know i think we caught her at a docile moment and she just kind of told us a little bit about herself what she flies and uh, i hope you guys paid close attention to that question in particular um which leads me to this announcement that i mentioned before the interview uh i got i struck up a conversation a couple nights ago in the heli freak chat room which i frequent quite a bit turns out i was talking with Matt, and Matt is the owner of a new online shop called Helismack. And when we got together, we, we were just kind of talking, and he said, why don't we do a giveaway? I was like, that's a fantastic idea. We love to do giveaways here at The Nation. So we got to thinking about it. We, in conjunction with Helismack, are going to be doing a giveaway of a KDS BL5025 500KV motor for your 90. Yes. Yeah. Oh. You listen to the interview, there's going to be a contest page on Facebook. On that contest page, there's going to be a question. You need to answer the question. It's going to be a simple question based on something that we talked about in this interview that you just listened to. You just answer the question. You get the question right. We're going to compile that information. We are then going to pretty much do the same thing we did last time, cut them up, put them in a hat, and have Rob's son pick the winner. Yep, just make sure you like us on Facebook to be eligible. Yep, you got to like us on Facebook. And then also, one thing I want to make clear, no matter where in the world you are, shipping is free. Essentially, it's going to work along the same lines as uh, the HeliPro's uh, Maverick Blade giveaway. You'll just go to helismack.com, look around, see if there's anything else you need, put it in your shopping cart, enter the code that you're given, and voila. Drop it like it's hot. Then you have a brand new motor to put in your 90 size electric. How sweet is that, dude? That dude, I've been check. I checked that motor out, man. That's a pretty wicked motor. You know, and I've heard a lot of things, uh, good things about KDS motors. They're starting to, uh, they're starting to really take off. A lot of people are starting to try them out. They really like them. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong out there, anybody, but I think that this motor is the motor that. Uh, when Pinion was at Archa doing interviews and stuff like that, uh, he had interviewed a guy with the uh, uh, a 700E and it had this motor in it, and they were talking about it just being a beast of a motor. So, that well, Henry Henry Caldwell is flying KDS now. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, you know, Heli Smack's a new shop. He's going to be specializing in KDS stuff. Check him out if there's anything you need KDS-wise. It'll be the place to go. Hey. What? You know what? What? I want to say konnichiwa to our our I think what is it two listeners that we have in Japan. I actually That's have right. Japanese blood in me and I think it's cool that we got people from all the way across the Pacific that are downloading our show and that enjoy listening to it. That's great. That is awesome. And you know to kind of expound on that a little bit, you know, we through our stats we can look and see which countries we're getting these downloads from and and we can kind of base, you know, how many listeners we have in any any particular area based on the number of megabytes they've downloaded and you know you figure out the average megabyte of a show and you just look and you can see i can see we have two two listeners that have downloaded the show in the last week in uh, japan it's kind of fun to kind of keep track of that and see see who's listening so those two in japan got a we've got a request for you let's see if we can bump that up so in other words go tell your buddies go tell your flying buddies yeah, yeah. Check this podcast out, guys. We'll see if that uh, if that actually uh, bump increases from the Japan area. Dude, that and would be know, cool if we check those stats, like maybe a couple of shows from now, and it says like ten or twenty listeners or something. That'd be gone. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's kind of fun, and you know, kind of going along that lines, we ask everybody that listens to the show, you know, tell your buddies about us, and and it's apparent that you guys are doing that because just in the first thirteen days of of show bandwidth we have matched the entire month of october so you guys are telling your friends and we really appreciate that just thought we'd pass that along oh, it's yeah. kind of nice thanks for listening guys so hey dan you've uh you've got phoenix right yep you fly phoenix right yeah i fly phoenix too and you know since i've been like totally immersed in this whole fusion 50 stuff working this you know working out doing this build for you and doing the review and stuff i I've been kind of trolling around in the Fusion forum quite often, you know, these days, and posting there and just reading all the threads and stuff. And there's a guy um, that posted in there a uh, a moder like a, a modify of a uh, Outrage Velocity 50 because there's not, you know, there's not a Fusion in Phoenix, right? So right. he took the time to, you know, modify all the flight controls and the physics and stuff like that on a. Um, on a Velocity 50 to, to try and match his Fusion 50 as closely as possible. and So I downloaded it, you know, because I like to download the new models and, you know, flying fields and stuff like that. And um, Dude, I got to tell you what, man. This thing, to me, feels like it has the most realistic representation of helicopter control, you know. So, man, I encourage you, man, go out there and download, go download that thing. We'll see if we can find the link. I mean, it's right in the Fusion 50 forum. It's on the first couple of pages or something. But, um yeah, dude, I think I think you'll dig it because I know like when we go online and stuff, that's you know that's one of the ones you fly. So that variant, you know, it, man, it flies really nice. That's one thing I do like about Phoenix. When uh, I'm I'm sure the others can do it. I'm not real sure. I mean, Phoenix is kind of where I sim when I sim. You know, a lot of our listeners are familiar with um, with uh, Chris and James, formerly yeah. of All Things That Fly, and now they're doing RC today. Yeah. Um, we actually had James on our show. And uh, he took well. This this was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. He he uh, you know he was a century rep, and he he took the uh, century. And well, I'm not sure what model he he based it on if it was a century model, but anyway, he he created uh, a, 
a model that flies exactly like his century and he sent me the file yeah and and i could tell when i was flying it that this thing flies like a gasser you know there's a big difference for those of you who haven't flown gasser helicopters between a gasser and a nitro it's the it's it's completely a different beast sure sure i suppose if you could feel the momentum in it and stuff different and yeah, yeah i mean uh, you know you got these heavier machines you know if you're coming down fast if you don't react in time you know it can't it's not an instantaneous reaction i guess which is kind of cool which i kind of another topic but i really enjoyed that aspect of the gasser when i was you know heavy into flying the gassers but yeah. anyway this this it was a great representation of uh the century radical and you did a fantastic job yeah, that's cool. You know, I haven't, uh, you know, I've tried, you know, I've poked around in those settings and stuff, but I think for me, I'm just kind of, I just want to get in there and fly. But, you know, one of these days I'm probably going to go in there and just, I don't know, maybe start tweaking on like a logo or some other helicopter that's similar in size to my X5 and see if I can get it to fly like my X5 flies and play around with the settings and stuff. I know we talked on another show in great detail about the differences between Phoenix and real flight and stuff, but just because the slider doesn't say, four degrees doesn't mean i can't move that slider and get it to feel the way i want it to feel because you know in real life i tune my helicopters based on feel not by the numbers on my pitch gauge you know what i mean right. so yeah i can remember when i was dialing in my first beast x i would call you and say ah, this number says this and you're like dude stop looking at what the number says man how does it feel yeah how does it feel when you fly it yeah that's a that's a hard hurdle hurt hurdle that's a hard obstacle for me to hurdle Yes, it's very herticadelic. <laughs> herticadelic. So, you know, also, too, I want to, want to mention, you know, we here at The Nation love to support guys in the hobby who aren't, you know, they're not big manufacturing companies. They don't have these, you know, a, a team of people working for them. They just come up with these ideas that they think, you know, they're not going to get rich off these ideas, but yet they think they're going to help, you know, help somebody in the hobby. And we got... Rob and I both got uh, sent to us uh, a Headley Freak user, uh, uh, Backburner 1965. Uh, Backburner 1955. 55, yeah. Backburner 1955. Brian, as we know him. Mm-hmm. Been listening to the show for a long time. Uh, been in contact with him for a while. Anyway, he, he got in touch with me and he wanted us to try out his, uh, his he's got a system that he built that is essentially a TX strap. Yeah, the no, he calls it the no-neck uh, transmitter suspension harness is what he calls the thing. Yeah, so, you know, that's kind of, that's what I mentioned earlier in the show that I went to the post office. That's kind of what I went to pick up because I knew it was there. Got it home, took it out of the box, and, you know, here in Montana, we grow up hunting. And I remember when I was younger, I used to have a harness system very similar to that to hold the binoculars up against your chest and keep them from bouncing around when you're walking or if you get to bend over to pick something up it keeps them secure so this kind of what you know the same premise keeps your transmitter from you know bouncing around or if you have to bend over to pick up your helicopter it keeps it stationary yeah yeah so i got a red one rob what color did you get um i got a black one uh boring stealthy man <laughs> so what do you what do you think of it so, I, I mean you haven't, you haven't I, really had a chance to mess with them yet but you know yeah i mean i I don't know. I mean, I, 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 when I first got it, I opened it up and I'm like, what is, what did I get myself into? What is this contraption? You know, just with the different straps and stuff like that. And 
But, you know, I tell you what, I got it opened up, and once I held it out in front of me, it, it just made perfect sense how I was supposed to put the thing on. And so I put it on, and, you know, I've seen pictures, you know, I looked at his thread and stuff, and I saw pictures of him wearing it, and I'm like, man, I just don't know about that, you know. Um, but, you know, I put it on, I hung my transmitter from it and stuff like that, and I tell you what, it was pretty comfortable. I know some of the stuff he says on his thread, and we'll, we can post a link for people that might be interested in his stuff, because he makes these, and you can, you can get them from him. One of the things that it does... Is it also, he says, what does it say here? It says, it eliminates the stress and discomfort of the neck area. And I felt that. You know, I could feel it. It's, you know, because it's not hanging from your neck at all. Um, but anyway, you know, I got it on. It was a little fiddly to put the thing on and stuff. But, I mean, I guess I could see myself using it. I mean, I, there's been lots of times where I'll be out flying or something, and I'll get everything set up, and i got to go over and pop a link and, you know, just fix my tracking or something like that. And then... You know, just my luck, I bend over, and then my transmitter is swinging in the wind, you know, bouncing off my leg or bouncing mm-hmm. off the blade or something. And, you know, that's kind of spooky because if you hit that throttle hole or something like that, the thing's going to, you know, the helicopter's going to come to life right underneath you, you know. I'm like, wow, that's not safe. But, you know, this thing, you know, when you hang forward, it doesn't, it can't, it can't hang away from you, but maybe like six inches away from you, the middle of your chest, you know. But I tell you what, get this, I got this thing home, and got it open up and my you know my simon he's five years old and he's curious about just about anything he's like what is that thing dad can i check it out i want to try it because after i put it on he's like hey can i try it and so i tighten it all up and i put him on and stuff like that and um you know he likes it when i roughhouse with him and i pick him up and i swing him around like you know let him tarzan off my arm and stuff like that you know and so <laughs> i get this wild hair in my head and i used to i used to do rock climbing a lot so i had all the harnesses and stuff and i and I'm, you know, so I keyed into that when I, I saw this on him, and I reached over, and I grabbed the middle section. It's like a five-point harness, kind of in the middle. I grabbed that thing up, and I, and I picked my son up by that thing, and he's just kind of hanging out of it like he's rappelling. I'm just totally swinging him around and stuff like that. And so, yeah, the thing's really sturdy. So, Brian, you know, good job. You're. Yeah, you know, I haven't really had a chance to mess with mine, but uh, I can remember this harness that I had for my binoculars. One thing I do remember about it was getting it initially adjusted was kind of a pain in the ass but once i had it adjusted it was it was like butter enjoyed it i enjoyed it so we'll we'll see you know we'll let we'll uh as uh, winter goes by and we do get some flying time in you know yeah. give it a try see what it's all about to all the listeners out there i mean i don't want you guys to get the wrong idea you know rcle nation isn't here to um try and you know push products to people and like that we have no bias or anything like that we don't get money from anybody if we're doing any of this kind of stuff we pick stuff we like and we talk about it you know um mm-hmm. this thing here you know brian was you know generous enough to to give us one to try out and and so the only reason i want to talk about it is because and dan you mentioned this at the beginning when we started talking about this i gotta say i think one thing that's really cool about this hobby and there's probably other hobbies that this happens too but is how there's just regular guys out there they come up with an idea that turns out to be helpful for the friends that they fly with and they take it upon themselves uh, along with you know living their family lives dealing with you know their heli hobby and the time that that takes to go out and just just basically invent a product you know and take the time to do that um Mm -hmm. so kudos to you guys it's the little man you know what i mean so yeah might as well you might as well give them a little bump i think it's cool yeah, absolutely. You know, they take their time, and like I said, nobody's getting rich. Nobody's getting rich off this. It's just something to do. Dude, I think what I'm going to do next is I'm mm-hmm. going to, um, maybe for my Eagle Tree, or um, just as like a standalone unit or something like that, 
I'm going to build a sensor that's like a metal detector so that when I fly my or other people's helis close to metallic objects, it veers the helicopter <laughs> as far away as quickly as possible from that object so that I can avoid uh, inadvertently chopping one in half like I did with your helicopter. <laughs> well, you know you, you know what? You, the technology is almost there. Yeah, yeah. So now if you can just somehow integrate that technology to take over the controls. Yeah, yeah. To move itself, you know, automatically just whatever line is quickest. Yeah. Away from that object. That would have been great if you'd have had that. I know. I would have saved. I would have <laughs> saved us both a bunch of time and headache. You know. And talking about that though, and I know we're just kind of floating around getting. It's not off topic. It's helicopter topic. So, but uh, kind of going along those lines is. Uh, I know when the SK seven twenty first came out and everybody started talking about all the features that would be in there and that would be coming later because of the sensors on board. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest things I remember here, and it was on a podcast. I don't remember which one it was, but um, the gentleman that that makes the SK720 was talking about one feature that would be able to become a reality once the GPS full GPS functionality is built into this thing. Is mm-hmm. that you could dial in your flight line? Yes, and then. Basically, you would tell the helicopter, you hold it like over the flight line or whatever, and and basically, I don't know, hit a switch or press something and say, okay, this is the flight line. It would initialize, and then you would walk out and and put your helicopter out there, and then you'd be flying. And if that helicopter came within X amount of feet to those coordinates, that imaginary line you drew for it, the helicopter would actually, because it knew which direction it was going and how fast it was going, it would automatically turn the helicopter away from the flight line in the pits back out into the field. And I think that's a wicked feature. You know, if they could ever come up with that and make that actually work, tell you what, that would be awesome. Yep. Yeah, so we're about ready to wrap this up, but there's one other thing I'd like to talk about. It's kind of doesn't have anything to do with helicopters. So I kind of wanted to save it for the last. Um, Penis envy? (laughs) Penis envy. (laughs) (laughs) I know you suffer from that, right? Oh yeah, baby. No, uh, nothing. Not, not gonna bite on that one. All right. No, I I, I fell into the mic mute uh, black hole. Okay. So anyway, it's no secret. I play world. I play World of Warcraft. Trying to get Rob to play it. Yeah. Wow. I want to wow it up, man. Yeah. Callum plays it as well. I don't like to play a lot of World of Warcraft. I I don't play any in the summer because I'm out, you know, messing with helicopters. But here in the in the winter. In Montana, you know, I can, you know, it's kind of hard to get chains on my scooter, you know. So getting it's not it's it's get the it's not four, tires for it. It's, it's not four wheel drive, you know. And you know, plus the all that electric stuff just hates the snow and water and stuff. So yeah. But anyway, what I did was I uh, went ahead, started a completely new character on Casmodan Horde side, um, on the U.S. servers. Created a guild called RC Heli Nation. It's nothing serious. It's never. It's not a you know completely social guild. It's not going to be a raiding guild. I mean, if it ever gets to the point where there's people in there that want to raid, sure, you know. But it's never. It's anyway. My point is, if you like to play World of Warcraft, if you want to hang out in World of Warcraft with people who like to also talk about helicopters, come join us. Yeah. Just kind of a social thing. Nothing, you know, just to kind of burn up some wintertime hours. 
So kind of like a, almost kind of like a chat room, but with like with a game where you can walk around and shit. Exactly. You know, we'll we'll set. I got a Ventrilo servo, 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 servo. Wow. <laughs> I have a Ventrilo server, which is a voice server. And essentially, it'll just be hanging out, talking to helicopters, and running quests. You know, it's really it's just something to kind of blow the time. Certainly, nothing we really want to focus on. Uh, you know, but nonetheless, in the winter time, and for those of you who live down where it's still warm, I, I kiss my ass. Yeah. Yeah. I just really, really despise winter. But, you know, living in Montana, it's the price we pay. Living in God's country up here, it's the price we pay. Oh, yeah. I said it. Yeah, so, there. <laughs> I went there. Uh, how to get in touch with us. You can email me at dankreed at msn.com or dan at rchillynation.com. You can PM me at uh, dankreed at pretty much any forum in existence. Uh, and I think you can get a hold of Rob by Morse code. Just, no, I think you just type in uh, Helinator. Yeah. <laughs> fusion Smasher. Fusion Killer. How do I get in touch with you, Rob? Uh, well, everybody knows I'm Next Gen. Any any formats out there? Next Gen, that's me. Um, you know, I've got my front porch. We've got a link to that from our our website. Um, rchellynation.com. You can reach me at rob at rchellynation.com. Um, how else can you reach me? You could email me a box of $100 bills, and I might reply. <laughs> how about can they fax you a box of $100 bills? No, but if you fax me some scones, I might say thank you. <laughs> you guys can reach Callum at uh, callum at rchellynation.com, and also he is on the forums as Callum. Also, to you guys, uh, I mentioned it at the end of every show, check out Rob's front porch and Callum's webpage as well. Uh, you can find those links on our webpage. And remember, the webpage is there. We, you know, we use it. We go, I go there every day, so aren't doing anything with the Nation Network. Um, yeah, yeah. Mainly, though, Facebook is where it's at. You know, Rob and I and Callum post on that all the time. It's a great way to communicate with us. Yeah. Well, you know, I, and speaking of the website, Dan, I was just just I was just thinking about this today. Um, I was on the website too, and I was looking at a, a a person. I went to the Nation Network, and there was a a, a member there that had posted uh, just a, a video of him flying his 450 or something like that. And mm-hmm. I had forgot all about this, but how through on the Nation Network you can embed YouTube videos and like Vimeo videos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's I think it's a pretty slick place where you you know users can post up videos and it just looks clean, you know, the format looks nice and clean, you know. So mm-hmm. we might have to come up with some sort of like uh like uh, best crash contest or something like that and have it be have it exist inside our website, you know. Um, that would be kind of nice, yeah. Yeah. Um you can also directly upload videos as long as they're not big i know you know any these days 10 megabytes i believe is the, that doesn't really make a very good video but yeah you know the small video whatever it can also fit in there you know we mentioned it last week we'll probably mention it every week because i were just so excited that it's there go to heli freak check out uh, rc heli nation podcast listeners corner and also for those of you in the uk rc heli addicts we have a little forum there as well these are great ways to get in touch with us because we check those often. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. Big up to Will James for uh, setting us up with that, uh, that our little corner of Heli Freak. That's that's a very yeah. cool thing. 
Yeah. Um, we would like to encourage you guys to get in touch with us. Questions, uh, anything. Be sure to check out the Facebook page because we will have a contest. I'm going to post it up as soon as this shows out. So if you're listening to this now, the contest page will be up on Facebook. Other than that, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Not a whole lot of stuff to talk about, but it's winter, so we'll just kind of make do with what we got. Until then, we will see you guys next week. Oh, wait a minute. This was uh, the ominous show number nine, guys. Ah, yes, it is. That's right. right. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is this is the breaking point. Here, here, listen, listen. <laughs> That's me knocking on wood, man. Yeah. <laughs> will there be a show number ten? Hmm. Tune in next week to find out. We'll see you guys later. Peace out. Mahalo. Right.